What's up, y'all? I got a dance deal for you, Chicago. Hubbard Street Dance heats up the Harris Theater stage with its spring series of joy next week. Now, this is some of the most dynamic, cutting-edge contemporary dance made by the world's leading choreographers right here in Chicago. I'm excited for Echoes of Our Ancestors by Maria Torres, among other creators. But you can only catch it for three performances between May 17th and May 19th. Luckily, CityCast Chicago listeners can get tickets in any section for 20% off using code CityCast online or over the phone. Visit HubbardStreetDance.com for details and use code CityCast. Today on CityCast Chicago, another conviction gets us one step closer to former House Speaker Mike Madigan's corruption trial. You've got advice for building community in Chicago. And Pickleball is clearly here to stay, y'all. Here with me to talk about it all is the one and only lead producer, Simone Alisea. It's Tuesday, August 29th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is what Chicago is talking about. Good morning, Simone. Good morning, Jacoby. How are you? I'm feeling good. Uh, unfortunately, we got to talk about another corruption trial in Illinois, and we've covered, uh, you know, quite a few over our couple of years together. Last week, we saw the conclusion of another trial with ties to former Illinois House Speaker Michael Madigan. Tim Mapes, who was Madigan's chief of staff, was convicted of perjury and obstruction of justice. Obviously, we've talked a lot about Madigan on the show, but we haven't really touched on this particular trial. Simone, can you catch the people up on what happened here? Right. So just, you know, all of this is tied to uh, schemes in Springfield, allegedly, you know, sort of spearheaded by the former speaker who, of course, held sway over Illinois politics for many decades. Um, right. This spring, listeners might remember, we covered the ComEd 4 trial. That was where you had uh, a former ComEd exec plus lobbyists and uh, a Madigan confidant, Michael McLean. They were all convicted on bribery charges relating to passing legislation that was favorable to the utility in exchange for various favors um, to Madigan's organization. And when we say favorable to the utility, we're talking billions of dollars. Some of our colleagues have come on the show and told us. Yes, lots of money. Definitely go back and listen to that if you want to learn more about how this affected your your electric bill. But this trial of, of Tim Mapes goes back to when those four people, those ComEd four, were first indicted. Mapes took the stand before a federal grand jury in 2021 uh, and basically, and he had an immunity order. So so if he, so long as he told the truth, um, he wasn't supposed to face prosecution for any role he might have played as Madigan's chief mm -hmm. of staff in, in facilitating some of these schemes. But what happened just last week is he was convicted of lying to prosecutors during that uh, during that that testimony before the grand jury. Uh, prosecutors basically said he tried to cover up for his old boss, you know, saying, mm -hmm. you know, that Mapes didn't know what Madigan and these other players were up to, sort of minimizing the relationship between Madigan and McLean. Uh, and unfortunately for Mapes, the feds uh, had wiretaps that showed uh, that that wasn't the case at all. And that Mapes was uh, constantly in conversation with McLean and, you know, certainly knew 
knew more than he was letting on. So now Mapes is facing, you know, potentially more than 20 years in prison and he's expected to be sentenced uh, come January. These wiretaps have been the star of this entire saga. I think once the feds sort of made clear just how many hours and hours of tape they've had, but, you know, people have come on the show and said, again, just listening to Mapes, listening to McClane, listening to Madigan on these tapes, hearing these voices, hearing what, you know, allegedly sounds like them, you know, trying to cover their tracks, trying to be covert, you know, and... Obviously, it seems like they failed at that in some cases. It feels like we're getting closer and closer and closer, not only in time to this April 2024 Madigan trial, but potentially one of the biggest convictions in Illinois political history. Right. I think right during the Comed 4 trial, that was certainly like the big domino to fall. This case, the Mapes case, is a much smaller domino, right? It is. Yeah. It's, it was only a three-week trial. It was a three-week trial. Jurors deliberated for just over five hours, which in the world of federal corruption trials is not very long at all. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, and again, it's sort of this this one player and it's this one specific element having to do with the investigation itself, right, as opposed to the underlying schemes at play. That said, it's still a domino. It's still another sign that, like, you know, the feds have their cases uh, pretty well in hand. They've got a lot of evidence. There is a lot going on here. For people listening, it's like, well, why are we talking about yet another corrupt trial? Why has this been going on for so long? Because it feels like beyond the actual individuals who are on trial, this is our state, our city's entire political system being put up in front of uh, a judge and a jury of, uh, of its peers and saying, well, is this how Illinois politics will move going forward, sort of trading jobs for favorable legislation, sort of putting your friends and, and colleagues into powerful positions where maybe they're not actually doing real jobs, but just sort of getting paid for being in place. Uh, I mean, it, it questions how our system will operate going forward in some ways. And again, this is, you know, I think uh, the Sun-Times reported that the MAPES trial is uh, like the, you know, like the seventh conviction that the feds have gotten, the corruption conviction that the feds have gotten since they began, uh, you know, and sort of unveiled, uh, revealed that they had been undergoing this massive investigation into corruption, not just in Springfield, but also in Chicago, you know, tied to former aldermen like Ed Burke, whose trial is coming up uh, in, in November, right? These are not necessarily schemes that are connected, but it was a pattern that the feds were sort of just cast this wide net over over the whole concept of corruption in Chicago and Illinois. And it's only just now, years later, right, as as the legal process moves the way it does, that we're actually starting to see, A, the trials begin at all. Again, Madigan's trial doesn't start until April of next year. Mm-hmm. Um but be in addition to that, starting to see some convictions come down the line or deals being made or or, or what have you. Um, and it, it's it's kind of it's actually remarkable and um, a little bit exhausting, I feel like, as just like a regular Chicagoan to watch over the past several years. Yeah, I feel like a bunch of people are going to write in or call in when the Madigan trial begins and just go, oh. I thought that thing had already started already or, oh, I thought they had already finished that last spring. And for me, the entire time I've thought to myself, well, it's not like they're going to take back the comment legislation that went through years and years and years ago. That money has already been made by the corporation. And so th- for me, this has never really felt like 
true accountability. You know, people have come on and said, you know, with every corruption trial, the next person just thinks they're smarter than the last person uh, who went down for this. And so I have just felt with each of these convictions, as remarkable, historically significant as they are, they've sort of chipped away at my attention span for these corruption trials. And I worry that by the time the the, the big fish uh, come up in November with Ed Burke and April with Mike Madigan, I'm going to sort of just be corruptioned out at that point and be like, all right, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I want to be optimistic that something comes of it. But what really is the accountability here outside of just sort of what feels like, you know, they're, they're much deserved public shamings? But that said, you know, it's interesting, too, though, Jacoby, because we have talked to both City Hall reporters and Springfield reporters who mm-hmm. have said, particularly in City Hall with this new crop of alders like that. There does seem like there is a shift away from the old Chicago way of doing business. There is a shift from ward politics and from, uh, you know, sort of that 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 the 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 favors that are done in wards to kind of consolidate power. And you have more older people who at least are saying and are uh, are interested in more of a of a, a citywide kind of type of governance, um, sort of a more, even a more, you know, powerful legislative branch potentially, right? We saw that in the spring as alders were sort of trying to consolidate their own power and and the way their committees are set up and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And, And we've heard Springfield reporters say the same thing is happening in the General Assembly, that under new leadership, the Democratic Party, um, you know, is potentially, uh, taking, turning over a new leaf, becoming more transparent and and governing the way a, a government should work. But again, it's always it's so hard with like with all of these things. It's it's sort of until you know it's happening. Until I was going to say until the wiretaps drop on on the uh, table. Right. <laughs> uh, you know who who's to say? But but again, based on from from what we've been hearing from people who have been covering this for a long time and who know who know this really well, you know there does seem to be some kind of shift. Are you self-conscious about your smile? Do you only allow yourself a closed mouth grin? Well, with Aligner Experts, there's no reason for you to diminish your smile. As orthodontists, they have the privilege of witnessing the remarkable transformation of patients' smiles, which often translates into a profound boost in their confidence. Yet, there always seems to be a deterrent. I ain't got the time, I don't have the funds. Luckily, Aligner Experts is redefining convenient and accessible clear aligner solutions. With customizable treatments, transparent pricing, and their cutting edge 3D scanners and dental monitoring technology, you can transform your smile through the convenience of your own schedule. Stop in at their West Loop or Lakeview Clinic today for your complimentary smile assessment. Aligner Experts your destination for advanced clear aligner solutions. P.S. They got another clinic on the way, so stay tuned for their Old Town location. From corruption to community, a couple of weeks ago, Edwidge and Old Town sent us a voicemail asking about how we build community in Chicago as, you know, people who've been here or as a new transplant in their case. We asked if y'all had any tips and you definitely delivered. Here's what you had to say. Hey, Jacoby, this is Natalie in Avondale, and uh, I am trying to make community connections um, by joining the Avondale Gardening Alliance that's out here. I've been in Chicago for about 
14 years, moved to Avondale two years ago. I really wanted to get to know my neighbors and, you know, recognize people, have people to talk to. And uh, I kind of accidentally volunteered to help out with a big event the Gardening Alliance is doing. And even though I don't know very much about gardening, sometimes just saying, yes, I'll help you collect donations at the door could be a really good way to um, start to make connections with people. So yeah, plug for volunteering. Natalie uh, also talked about uh, sort of gardening as a way of making multi-generational friends, which I like. But yeah, it's it's interesting because almost everyone who responded talked about volunteering, which I don't think is something that you and I talked about when we talked about Mm-mm. when we talked about this last. No, we did not. Which was definitely a blind spot. There, we was like, go to some clubs, go to some <laughs> some some speakeasies, go to an event. But a very good idea is volunteering in your neighborhood. Luckily, living in Hyde Park, I feel like there are like a lot, still a lot of lamp posting. Uh, mm-hmm. So you walk around everything from sketch clubs, but also to volunteer opportunities. Yeah. Speaking of nonprofits that are looking for volunteers, Viviana from Hermosa works with Chicago Cares, uh, which is a nonprofit that um, services folks on the northwest, west and south sides of the city. And she wanted to let Edwidge and everyone else know that they are always looking for volunteers. So definitely look them up. Chicago Cares. Um, cool to have uh, uh, folks who work all over the city. The other funny thing is like, in addition to volunteering, we had more than one person talk about gardening as a way of mm-hmm. building community. Uh, David in South Loop talked about gardening when he was living in Pilsen. His family sort of had a connection to El Paseo in Pilsen, where uh, you know they went from doing a little volunteer work to then taking on leadership roles and really building a community. Um, El Paseo doing uh, great work. Uh, out there. Um, and so, yeah, get, I don't know. That's like a nice thing too to like get outside. Uh, Mike in Humble Park told our listeners, uh, cycle, walk if you can, take transit instead of driving, shop and work as close as home to possible. This is one that's really helped for me. Just by shopping up 53rd Street, I've become a regular in Bonasante where I get my smoothies. And so they throw me deals behind the counter. <laughs> the boy Grayski from The Great Thinkers worked there. Uh, so we always uh, got time to catch up when I stop in. Or, you know, I'm always plugging the Silver Room, which, which I'm a regular in. And so, you know, shopping in your neighborhood and just sort of, you know, building that, that face-to-face rapport, you know, you might catch some people in the coffee shop two, three times, and then you build up the confidence to say, what's up? Jacoby, this is why I always go to places within walking distance. This is the whole, no. this is the whole game. <laughs> this makes sense. This makes sense. Uh, there are already, already a thousand reasons for you to subscribe to Hey Chicago, if you haven't already. But if you want to stay connected to things that are happening in your neighborhood, events that are happening across the city, make sure you visit chicago.citycast.fm to subscribe now. In addition to fun things to do, we also feature tons of volunteer events, uh, especially stuff that y'all are involved in. So again, make sure you sign up at chicago.citycast.fm and stick around and check out our brand new website. Let me know what you think. I think it looked pretty dope. Also, Make sure you take down our number, 773-780-0246. Just put us in your phone. You can just have CityCast. Like, how cool is that? Do we text back? We text back, right? I text back. I bet. I'm just if I haven't texted you, if I haven't texted you back, I'm really sorry. But I really make a very concerted effort to text (laughs) everybody back.
Before we get up out of here today, we are kind of going to do a flashback to a story we did earlier in the summer, which was all about this pickleball mania that was sweeping across America, sweeping across Chicago. Uh, And there have been a few more pickleball stories in the news recently as uh, more and more courts are coming to the city. Uh, But that's also got some neighborhood uh, neighborhood members wondering, is are things moving too fast? Simone, what's the latest in the in the pickleball pickup? Back in May, we did this episode with uh, Chris Clark of Toss and Spin, uh, who taught us how to play, uh, and it was super fun. And since then, it feels like I've just been hearing more and more and more about it. Earlier this month, uh, Lawn Love came out with a ranking of the best pickleball cities in the country, and Chicago is number four. Really, really, really high for uh, pickleball, and it has to do with the number of courts, you know, facilities, obviously, but also like number of community groups and like number of premier level teams. One thing we learned in that episode, it's like it's actually really easy to sort of become a professional pickleballer, like to join mm-hmm. a, a professional team. Um, it's got like one of the lowest barriers to entry for that kind of thing. But but, uh, you know, since then, you know, right, we re- we reported back in May that the city was trying to open uh, 50 pickleball courts by 2025. There's a name for this. This it's the park district is literally calling it pickleball mania. Low hanging fruit. And, you know, we are seeing some of the fruits of that. There are also pickleball courts coming to Humboldt Park. Uh, the park district has announced, um, although it's interesting because there is some tension there. Uh, around other improvements to the park. Some residents mm-hmm. are worried that, you know, the park district is not prioritizing things like updating the bathrooms, uh, for example. Which, which is apparently also, one of them have been closed for years. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very uh, key thing to have in a park. I imagine the pickleball court is much easier than the than the bathroom, but that is no excuse because the bathroom is of more importance, I, I think, to the, the community at large. You want to take a guess on the third worst city for pickleball? Oh, my God. I didn't look at this. Third worst city for pickleball. Hmm. Is it D.C.? (laughs) I know, but I bet they're going to be offended by that. I I don't Uh, have a good reason for picking that. I just (laughs) vibes. Strictly vibes. Sorry, D.C. Joliet, Illinois. Really? 40 minutes away. They say it's not only tied for the fewest pickleball facilities, but it's the third worst city for playing pickleball. Well, that's interesting because other suburbs are on the pickleball craze. Okay, Jacoby, I'm gonna put you on blast no. here. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> I got my, I got two, I got balls, I got a racket from Chris, and nope, not since that day have I played another game of pickleball. Neither have I. <laughs> I knew he was going to ask me that, G. Neither have I. I. It's not for lack of desire. I just... Mm-hmm. Summer's been busy. Just haven't done it. I just haven't done yeah. it. I, we'll do a CityCast pickleball tournament. That'll be, that'll be one of our mm-hmm. one of our pie-in-the-sky goals. Uh, corruption, community, pickleball courts. It's been another fantastic Tuesday with you, Simone. Thank you for joining me. Thanks, Jacoby. Before I let you go, some good news. This Thursday night is your last chance to experience Uptown's 2023 Argyle Night Market. Enjoy some of the great restaurants on Argyle, performances and live music from 5 to 9 p.m. As always, we appreciate you for listening. Rate and review the podcast wherever you listen. Helps other people find us. And we'll talk to you bright and early tomorrow. Peace.
in a in a gardening perspective. Obviously, the weather will allow us to be outside, but like, are people planting things like at the end of August, going into September? Jacoby, this Harvest is a blind season. spot for the both right of us. I, I, you, you, you and I, <laughs> we neither need of us to do our how to how to do how to start a garden. I'm literally looking at my dead snake plant over over to the <laughs> side here. Like it's it's a rough life over here for me. My my rubber tree is doing great. My snake plant, which is supposed to be impossible to kill, is doing very poorly. So yeah, please, uh, gardening, pla- planting, pl- please, mm-hmm. please contact us. I want to know. I, this is for me now. This is totally selfish at this point. 